Today we're going to talk to a faculty member and a student about some of the difficulties that they face trying to teach and learn in the midst of a pandemic. We're going to speak first with student Richard Hunter, who is in the Neurodiagnostic Technology Program. And then later on, we're going to speak to one of his instructors, Robin Ketchum. Richard, how has COVID impacted you as a student in a clinical setting? Well, it's definitely proven to be a challenge because well, you have all the more all that much more uh, PPE you have to wear, and I mean, no no one's ever used to wearing a mask. And you know, say the breathing gets funny, the extra gloves, gowns makes it a little more of a challenge. But realistically, the knowledge is there. You're just doing the job, so it's good practice practice for the real world. So, how do clinicals benefit you as a student and preparing you for the workforce? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's great because you're, you're hip deep in, in working on patients. So you're getting the, the whole hospital experience. Say, run it, running down the halls with your equipment, uh, fitting into a tight little room sometimes, and then trying to work on a patient who may or may not really want you messing with their head. But it gets entertaining because well, that's, that's exactly the job. So you get some really good experience while your preceptor stands there and goes, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> So why did you choose to join the NDT program? I wanted something different. I'd originally worked as an occupational therapist. Uh, I was, you know, so I was in the medical field before. It was a lot of fun. It's a great place to be because there's always a need. I uh, got out of that whenever Medicare made the therapy field a little scarce, did other stuff. And now that I'm getting older, wanted to come back and find something with a little consistency and still work on people. So what do you enjoy about the NDT field. It's neat to see exactly what the brain is doing at any one time. And it's, uh, what's awesome is you, know, you have these little electrodes you're putting on different parts of the scalp and it can tell you so much about what's going on with that person's brain or isn't going on. So it's just neat how you'll see you'll, on TV and movies, you'll see these you know, screens full of squiggly lines and now you get to know what those lines mean. It'll tell you what that person's doing cerebrally. Uh, it's not just for seizures. You can pick up all sorts of information out of it. And once you get through with the anatomy test, well, the anatomy class, pardon me, uh, see, then understanding what parts of the brain were doing that, what that part of the brain uh, processes, it gets to be really fascinating. Is there any sort of specialization that you think you'll pursue? See, I've been back and forth again about working on children. We just covered the section on uh, neonatal EEGs, and it's fascinating how much evolution there is from uh, preterm on up to that kid being about a year old. So that really keeps you on your toes. It, from week one to week five, that kid has already had two evolutions, and it just keeps going. So it's, I mean, the lines may look kind of the same, but they mean so much different uh, from a one, from like a one-month-old to a five-month-old. So it's, it's just, you know, it's never going to be stale. Robin Ketchum serves as the curriculum coordinator for the NDT program. Robin, tell me, uh, first of all, people don't know, what does NDT even stand for? NDT stands for Neurodiagnostic Technology. Okay, and what is that? It's the uh, reading the electricity in your brain, you know, for people with epilepsy or any kind of head trauma, any kind of diseases of the brain, that's, you come and see us so we can read and check out the electricity in your brain and make sure everything's going okay. So people who uh, are in DT, what do they do in the workforce? So we record EEGs, which is the electrical activity in the brain, um, and our machine will pick it up and we record it for the neurologist to be able to read it and then diagnose whatever's going on. So what is an EEG? Like explain, like walk me through having one. 
Ooh. Okay. So if you were going to have an EEG, you would come and see us and we would put on about 26 electrodes on your head and we scrub each one of those spots with kind of an abrasive scrub. After we've got it all hooked up, then the electrodes will read the electricity in your brain and it sends it to the computer and it looks like a two-year-old scribbling on the computer screen and then we read it from there. Okay. And, and, and how is that valuable to like a neurologist or any kind of doctor? So they would use the EEG to help diagnose epilepsy. It's actually vital in helping diagnose epilepsy. They go hand in hand. It also helps to rule out and diagnose any other neurological issue that might be going on, like encephalopathy or Alzheimer's is really important in our field and so on and so forth. So just like everything else, COVID has really impacted um, how people do things and education, no different. So what are some of the things that you've kind of had to do to teach your students when their time on campus is limited? Well, for me, um, you would think it would actually be challenging, but since this was my first teaching position, it was kind of a convenient time for me to come on because I had to get creative right from scratch. And so it was easy for me to get creative, not knowing how they did it beforehand, before COVID. So we did a couple of different things. Um, I would let the students take home a glass head and they could practice hooking up a neonatal patient on the glass head at home versus in the school. We also did that as an adult hookup on the glass head and they would post pictures to me and I'd be able to see how well they hooked the patient up, their glass head. We also did, um, we were selected as one of the few colleges to participate in a free software program over Christmas break. I got to do a couple of training courses on it. This program allowed our students to read EEGs at home where before we had only in, on campus in the lab they could read the EEGs. Well, with this software, they could take it home and read them there. So then we could practice pattern recognition and waveform recognition. And before, you know, they had to be on campus to do that. Like it was Correct. one of those things that, you know, the technology we had before was, you know, you had to be on campus to do it. And so now... Correct. It's definitely an improvement for us. And we've just started it, still in the, the beta form of it, but it, I can see this going very far. So I still have a lot of ideas, and I'm working through a lot of them with the help of Jordan Rusk and Rhonda. Um, both of them are my colleagues, and they're a lot of help with this. But I've, I love new ideas. So a couple of them that we've already done, and I feel like we're very successful, is we were able to do a collodion hookup, which is using that strong glue, and it stinks, and it makes the whole building smell awful. But it's something the clinical students, they need to know because they do it in the hospitals. And before, they didn't know. They, were, they weren't shown how to do it in the program, and it was a big complaint of previous graduates. Well, now we're, we're able to teach them. We finally got it approved, so that's been rocking and rolling. One of the other things we've started doing is myself, Rhonda Neiman, our clinical coordinator for the NDT program, and Jordan Rusk, the program director for the NDT program, have started visiting with the local HOSA teachers, kind of let us talk to their students. And eventually when COVID gets a little bit lighter and we're actually able to go to the school, that is our plan, to go to the surrounding high schools, talk to the students, hopefully have some of our ACC students come with us and try to encourage new students and new graduates to go to the program. COVID being a challenge, you know, and y'all are trying to help meet that challenge. What do you feel like are some things that might end up staying with us even after COVID finally passes? 
Um, I definitely like the new software program. I think that that is only going to be an advantage to our program, not a disadvantage, not anything to do with keeping the students at home. I will definitely keep that in the curriculum as long, I mean, as well as the at-home neonatal hookup. I think that's great practice, and it just adds extra lab hours so they can do it at home in their own time and they can actually be comfortable in their own setting. I think it's great practice, and I don't think it's something strictly COVID-related. I think we'll keep that along with the rest of the curriculum. Okay. So I've had several EEGs before, um, and, and in different types of formats. I've had, you know, the ambulatory, and um, I've had uh, what they call the sleep-deprived. And you were talking about this collodion hookup. So what are those? How are those different from, say, a regular EEG? So on a regular EEG, we do the 26 electrodes on your head, just like we would with a collodion hookup, except on a normal EEG, we would use tape or cotton balls or gauze squares to keep the electrode secure. When you have a collodion hookup, it's usually for an extended period of time, usually 12 plus hours. We want to make sure that your electrodes are going to stay put. So unfortunately, we have to glue each one of those electrodes onto your scalp. And that's the collodion. That, the collodion is the glue that we use. And it's potent, but it does its job, and it makes it a nice recording for our neurologist to read. And I, and I can tell you, somebody who's had one, it, it will come out. So yes. don't worry about it. It's not, you know. It, you know. it does come out. I've also had it in my hair. So it, it, it's good. And this is important for students because this is something they're going to have to be able to do in the workforce. I mean, that's why, Absolutely. you know. So you were saying that, you know, the NDT is a passion for you. Why would you say that as far as, I mean, I know it's your profession, but why would, would it become a passion for you beyond your job or career? When I started NDT, it was about 12 years ago. And it's because my mom had actually, who works at ACC, she had introduced me to the program. It was the first year of the program. And I thought, well, I don't even know what this program is, but whatever, I, I'll try it. Since then, I have worked at four different hospitals. I have worked from home. I have worked um, now at ACC. Inside of the four different hospitals, I've done different um, departments of EEG. With each one, my knowledge of EEG has just grown. The people that I've met, the patients that I've met, the stories I have, it's so hard not to have a passion for this field because you change lives in the smallest possible way. You think that your job is not important and just when you think that, you meet that patient or you've, you've changed them forever. And to me, there's nothing better. And you kind of want to pass that on to your students. Absolutely. And that's kind of what made you want to become an educator. Absolutely. And I love seeing when my students have that spark in their eye and when they've got that drive to just do their best for their patient, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing that because it's, it almost gives you goosebumps how you can see the love that you have for something pass on to somebody else. Tell me this, how has COVID impacted, um, we, we know now that it, how it's impacted education, how has it impacted the workforce as far as people who administer EEGs? Well, luckily in the medical field, there's never going to be a shortage especially when it's a medical sickness that's going around. We, there was really no shortage in the medical field as far as that. Now, with clinicals and our students, that was impacted a little bit. And the safety precautions we have to take for our patients at the hospital, that was amped up. And that's okay, because I think sometimes that needs to be. You've got very sick people at the hospitals, and they do need extra protection. 
But other than that, I mean, COVID really didn't do, it didn't affect that much of our program. Has, has it made clinicals harder to come by for students? It was at the very beginning, um, but luckily all of the hospitals that we do clinicals at are re- really good at working with us. And luckily our clinical coordinator, Rhonda Neiman, she's got an excellent rapport with most of the clinical settings. Is there a huge demand for um, NDT technicians? Absolutely. It's a growing field. It's a relatively new within the last 20 years field. So it's definitely growing and hospitals are seeking out more graduates from an accredited program like the one at ACC. They're wanting registered techs, which is usually what our graduates do. They become registered. Hospitals are seeking that and they're desperate for us. So uh, for students who are looking to have a career in ADT, they don't have many options as far as finding a program, do they? Correct. So we are one of only two programs, and we are one of only two accredited programs in the state of Texas. It's us here in Alvin, and then I believe the other one is in Waco. So when you have students in the program, they don't have any hard times getting a job once they graduate, do they? No, actually, most of our students have a job before they graduate. In their last semester, usually around November, at least half of the program will have a job. So how long have you been teaching now? Since October. <laughs> how have you have you enjoyed making the transition from the clinic to the classroom? So I went from working in the hospital and then I spent four and a half years working from home reading EEGs remotely. And I was terrified to take the position at Alvin Community College. My mom, again, who works here, she kept pushing me to take it. I didn't think that I would do well. I didn't think I would be a very good teacher. She had fully supported me and she knew that I would do really well here. And I will say from day one, I have loved this position more than any other position in the NDT field. What was, what was the biggest uh, adjustment you had to make um, coming from the workforce into the classroom? Well, because I'm younger um, and I have older students, older than me, I was nervous about that. And I also... I like to be friends with people and I like the air to be light and fluffy and fun. So I had to learn how to tone that down a little bit and I could still be fun while also being a teacher. What issues do you think we're going to have to tackle kind of in the future of this field? Uh, Learning new ways to teach probably. I've only had the opportunity to teach two sets of students so far. And within those two sets of students, I have learned already that there are several different ways people learn and that includes different from the way that I learn and so I think that might be one of my toughest challenges not impossible but just a challenge is to learn how to teach in different ways to where the students can grasp it. Thanks for listening to Alvin Community College Radio. I'm John Tompkins. To read these stories and more visit alvincollege.edu.